0: you are listening to the coffee sometimes podcast with us valor we're a cafe and roaster located about 20 miles north of atlanta and every week we sit down together sometimes with a special guest and talk business sports you guessed it coffee or whatever else we're feeling that week so thank you for listening and here is the show So I heard you guys played basketball this weekend.
1: (laughs) Yes, we did.
2: And I wasn't invited. Oh, come on. Come on. You were busy. We knew what you were doing. I didn't do anything this weekend. Dude, I want to talk about BSB. Baby shower babble. Break it down for me.
0: I had a baby shower. They played basketball. End of story. That's all you need to know. Stop asking about it.
1: Yeah. It's kind of weird. Like, we have personal lives. Yeah, you gotta... We're
2: not the business, personal... Was it work-life integration? No.
1: We're work-life separation. Yes. It's like uh, it's like the show that we all watched, right? Undercover Boss, yeah. No, no, silly. <laughs> the Apple TV show, what's it called? Severance. 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 Now, that is work-life separation. Now, that's TV.
0: I think you'd call that science fiction,
1: Right, that was one of my favorite
0: never shows. Never gonna happen.
1: I've ever seen.
2: You yeah, think, it was good. You think it'll never happen? I I don't know, dude. I kid. With neuralink,
0: anything is possible. You
2: guys know about neuralink? Nope, we know nothing. All right, you ready for this? Don't speak for me, dude. We're the same person. No, we're not. Yeah, we'll never be the you same and me. person. We're the Check same this out. Guy. This is all you need to know. Monkey mind. Pod. This is
3: pager. He's a nine-year-old macaque who had a Neuralink placed in each side of his brain about six weeks ago. If you look carefully, you can see that the fur on his head hasn't quite fully grown back yet. He's learned to interact with a computer for a tasty banana smoothie delivered through a straw. We can interact with the Neuralinks simply by pairing them to an iPhone, just as you might pair your phone to a Bluetooth speaker. The links record from more than 2,000 electrodes implanted in the regions of Page's motor cortex that coordinate hand and arm movements. Neurons in this region modulate their activity with intended hand movement. For example, some might become more active when he moves his hand up, and others... When he moves it to the right.
0: For our listeners, we're watching a by monkey
3: from many neurons play like a video game a while drinking a smoothie out of a straw. We are able to predict a metal straw. intended... Every,
1: every in time the time. monkey hits the orange thing, First, it like, sends him a banana smoothie decoder through. Is by recording the idea? neural yes. activity as
3: Pager uses the joystick to move a cursor to targets presented on the screen. I'm dead. As he's playing this game, we're wirelessly streaming in real time firing rates from thousands of neurons to a computer. Using these data, we calibrate the decoder by mathematically modelling the relationship between patterns of neural activity and the different joystick movements they produce. After only a few minutes of calibration, we can use the output from the decoder to move the cursor instead of the joystick. Pages still moves the joystick out of habit, but as you can see, it's unplugged. He's controlling the cursor entirely with decoded neural activity.
0: With his mind. He is moving that cursor with his mind. Is
3: to enable a person with paralysis to use a computer or phone with their brain activity alone. Because they wouldn't be able to move a joystick, they would calibrate the decoder Uh, by imagining
1: hands. He's moving it with his joystick, though. No, the joystick is unplugged. He's doing that out of habit. Here he is is playing Pong with his mind. Pong. Oh. To control
3: his paddle on the right side of the screen, Pager simply thinks about moving his hand up or down. Oh We've removed the joystick altogether. Now that he's up to go. speed, <laughs> let's increase the All difficulty. All right. So and see the point
0: of this we're... is that they want to install chips in your brain. Wake
1: up! Who's they? Just the, they. The they. That them. guy.
2: Yeah. The guy talking.
1: The monkey. We need to Pager. We need to put this guy in jail. Lock them up.
0: <laughs> so it's it's Mr. Elon Musk is the... Monsieur. I don't know if that was actually link, but that was the premise behind it, is you install a chip in your head. Really, the first use case is for people who are paralyzed. They install it, and it can relink the like neurons in your spine through technology, and then you'd be able to walk again. Wow. The other use case would be that we could talk
1: telepathically. We already do that though.
0: And the other use case would be that you're like you would have an infinite amount of knowledge and you would be a cyborg.
2: Which one would you want to be of, the, of those three?
0: I mean, I I guess the only use case I would want is if I was paralyzed <laughs> to be able to walk again, but I don't want the other things. It's too scary.
2: The telepathic stuff is pretty crazy. Yeah. And the infinite knowledge stuff. Woo! I'm shook, dude. <sighs> wow. I, Welcome I to chills. the Coffee Sometimes podcast. Yeah, for real. Sometimes. Emphasis That was on the, the sometimes. sometimes bit. This was the sometimes bit. Um, last thing I want to say on that is, do you think people call Elon Musk Ellen Musk ever? Because of how his name is spelled? Like as an insult? I don't know. Or as an accident?
1: Like whenever he's being a little like you know pissy around the office or like there's ellen again Which is
0: apparently all the time what they say
1: he's not a not a super like jovial dude
0: not from what i hear
2: oh ellen ellen ellen, ellen. ellen's back and ellen's back eh, anyways let's get into it guys let's just cut up
1: you know yeah, yeah. Woo. we thought it'd be fun to uh talk talk some coffee right boys I love talking coffee.
2: Talk a little coffee shop.
1: Coffee shop. Talking shop.
2: Keys to the shop.
1: Yeah. (gasps) In what terms, boys? What are we talking?
2: We wanted to talk to an expert. Right? Yes. Who's the expert? Who? who, Okay. First of all, comment, like,
0: subscribe (laughs) if you've enjoyed this podcast so far. (laughs) If you want to see more pager... (laughs) Then smash like and comment <laughs> who you think the coffee expert is right now. Uh, you're not doing it. Yeah, scroll down. <laughs> uh,
1: That's too easy. Let's all be like Colson. Okay. I'm,
0: I'm thinking, Ross. <laughs>
1: Ross,
2: you're the expert, man. What, oh, stop. Whenever
0: oh, people wine. come to you,
2: yes. as they do,
0: yep. in droves, yeah. and say... I'm having trouble with this, or what do I need to do about this? Yeah. Or well,
2: I, I want to do this. How do I do it?
1: Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you added that.
0: What are yeah. the most common instances or questions that people might have had, had?
1: Yeah. Well, to answer that question very, very plainly and just without, you know, zooming out at all. It's like, hey, how are you guys pulling free throw these days? Mm. And what, what I mean by that is when a wholesale partner has our flagship blend free throw on espresso, there's a certain recipe that we use to get the intended outcome. Mm. Um, and uh, so I'm like, okay, we pull it at 18 grams in, more or less, 45 to 50 grams out, more or less. And usually around like twenty five, twenty six seconds, more or less. Um,
0: is it always the, genuine? Question: Is it always the same answer, or do you do, do you change it as we change components?
1: I, it's it's more or less the same answer, um, but I keep a pulse on how the coffee's been pulling at the cafe a lot, mm-hmm. and so sometimes like we've ventured into the like. Uh, 17.5 dose. Sometimes I, there was one time where we were doing 19. Remember that? Um, I think that was like when Elijah came on. He sort of redid our recipe. Um, sometimes we've ventured more into like 30-second range, so a longer extraction. Sometimes it's been uh in the 22, 23-second range. It's tasting really great. So um, I had a, a wholesale partner... Um, ask me that question and his, his shop, uh, is across the country. And so I have no idea what his water is like in that location. So of course I'm not gonna, when he asked me that question, I'm not just going to be like, well, it depends on your water, but it does. Do you see a world
0: where you would ever be like, Hey, I'm going to send you a water test kit. Tell me the results,
1: man. If I was able to like manipulate and understand those variables, that would be sick. You could, like, if this if this mineral no, is more present,
0: or like your pH is this, so it's going to do this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now you be- give
0: it to Sam, and Sam would do it for right. you.
1: Yes, I would say Sam, figure this out, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that that is probably my most asked question. Mm. Um, we get a lot of folk. Uh, talking to us about opening new coffee shops. Um, and one of the biggest trends right now, and I think it's really for the better, is that people are opening coffee shops in the suburbs. Um, and we know a thing or two about that. We've only done it once. We're trying to do it for the second time in Dunwoody.
0: A thing or two.
1: Right. A thing or and almost two. Mm-hmm. Like one and a half things. Um, cause you know, they're the, the specialty coffee wave, the third wave as it has passed through America, it has gone to the early adopters first, as the law of diffusion of innovation suggests from Simon Sinek. <laughs> um, but you know, very good. You've got your, you've got your, uh, your bell curve, right? Of <clears throat> anytime an idea or a trend or a meme or a, uh, new product or whatever passes through society. You know what? Can you pull up the law of diffusion of innovation? Yes. Please. Thank you. Point is, whenever uh, specialty coffee, the third wave, um, passed through America, it hit all of the major cities first. Is that the one you want? Yeah. If you'll see, you've got um, a bell curve, and this is speaking to, let's just say, with third wave coffee this graph is about third wave coffee now um, it starts with the innovators so i'm sure you know listeners like you like riley you're this person for me i don't know i don't know if you're an innovator or an early adopter you're probably you're probably kind of in the middle um, but you i would say i i
0: would personally say i ride the line of early adopter and early majority i feel like to be an innovator you have to be rich you kind of you ever feel that mm, I because, get because because technology is so expensive yeah. Speaking in terms of technology and then like copy related technology or anything. It's so expensive when it first comes out. Yeah. And then it becomes it, it's made affordable. And right. then that's that's why the late majority and the laggards can get into it.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Well, I think about like like the the rise of cryptocurrency mm. in the ah, world, in yeah. the world, it's like
0: That wasn't necessarily expensive.
1: No, wasn't expensive, but you did have to be smart. Or just in the right place at the right time to like, or just like silly enough to buy Dogecoin or whatever. And then now all the late majority are broke because crypto just crashed.
0: Am I yeah. right? That's, yeah.
1: That's sometimes in coffee, sometimes. But um, I I think of like the innovators. They're not even like our our old boss was really early into crypto mm-hmm. um, before we started Valor. I wouldn't even call him an innovator. I would call him an early adopter because he like adopted it early. An innovator is maybe someone who, like, makes the thing mm. and is, like, pushing it forward and introducing it to the early adopters. So, anyways, point of what we're saying here is uh, coffee has swept through America. Innovators, you know, started pulling espresso a certain way, like pouring latte art, putting cactuses in their coffee shops, stuff like that. Um, and then you had early adopters, which is in cities like Portland or Seattle or New York City um, or, in our case, Atlanta. And then you have the early majority that adopt a new trend, such as third wave coffee. Uh, and I would say that's like we're we're in the early majority phase in Alpharetta. Like we opened this cafe and the thing in the back of our heads was like, are people in this town – going to understand what specialty coffee is all about or is it going to like not go not go over their head in like a they less than way but just like they haven't adapted to the trend yet
2: and they're uninterested yeah yeah
1: yeah and the the practical rollout of that is like they drink dark coffee or the only coffee they know is Folgers and Starbucks at the most and so um A lot of people are starting to open cafes in suburbs, specifically third wave coffee in suburbs, because it works. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially, it it especially works uh, when you're nice.
3: On the Futurist Freelance podcast, we believe freelancing is the future of life, work, and everything. So whether you're brand new to working independently or you're a seasoned pro, we'd love you to listen. Every episode unpacks new ideas on how to make your future freelance. Whether you need to achieve business minimalism, survive a solopreneur crisis or find the right digital nomad visa and community, we've got you covered. Alongside actionable insight on everything from finding gigs to outsourcing support services, even mastering TikTok with no dancing required. Subscribe to The Futurist Freelance on your favorite podcasting app via the link in your show notes.
2: Well, yeah, when you were talking about that, of introducing a new product to match it with a, an empathetic service model, yeah. a a highway to success.
1: Right. Yeah, like the only way we were able to introduce coffee to our suburb town of Alpharetta is like our highest value was not educating people. Our highest value was like meeting people where they're at and giving something they love Mm -hmm. that is like, you know, an elevated, even if they get a caramel macchiato every day at Starbucks, we're going to give them an iced caramel cardamom latte with, you know, our great espresso, our local milk, our house-made syrups, our caramel that has like a little bit of unique thing to it being cardamom and a compostable cup with an agave straw with a smile and a connection. And then the next time they come in, we're going to remember something about them. Like that's the, that's the way that we're trying to present specialty coffee to a suburb. Hmm. Um, And so there's a lot of questions about that. Like, Um, and that's something that we do in wholesale is whenever we get involved with a wholesale partner that hasn't opened yet, we're able to, um, we start by like signing a contract with them saying like, they're going to use our coffee because we, we can tend to like put in a good bit of work with someone like ours, you know, that we have yet to see money from. So, um, Mm -hmm. we'll usually sign a contract and be like, Hey, when you open you're going to use our coffee. <laughs> um, and no no one's ever abused that. Um, but hmm. there's things we can do to uh, to help people before they open. And uh, I'd say it's probably like, we'll, 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 we'll say a top three in no particular order. And maybe these aren't even top three, but just three that come to mind. The big three. Yeah, the big three. Like
2: us.
0: We're,
1: yeah, we're the big we're three. We're the big three. That's great. A lot of people, when they're starting a coffee shop, they want to know how many people should be on my team. Staffing. You guys remember wrestling with this? Yeah. Early on.
0: There's just so much philosophy, like scheduling philosophy
1: mm-hmm. that you yeah. can have.
0: And we have gone through phases of that. And it's just different for everyone. You yeah.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. is the owner going to work behind the bar all the time? Right. Are, do you want a bunch of full-timers? Do you want a ton of part-time seasonal employees? Mm-hmm. There's a million different ways you can chop it up. What's your yeah. normal uh, path of advice for that, if you have one?
1: Yeah, well, I always, I'm such a uh, why guy. Mm. Like, why? I try to, when I hear a question like that, or the three of us are working through uh, something like that, we always have to zoom out and be like, okay, why are we talking about this? What do we want out of our company at large? So you mentioned the different scheduling philosophies, and you said, is the owner working on a bar all the time or not? Is you know, like what and so the way you answer that question is like, well, what do we want out of our company? Mm. And we've talked about this ad nauseum like the last six months of like. We we are a company with three full-time owners, you know, trying to raise, fam- raise kids and, like, have, you know, mortgages and all that sort of thing. and Work-life
2: you, separation.
1: Yes, like severance stuff. Um, Oops. But so because of that, our vision for our company has to match that. The pace at which our company grows has to match, has to create a future where that's possible for us to have a a livable salary. Um, and then also, you know, have the infrastructure underneath us or in our case above us, um, infrastructure around us to run these cafes in a, in a way that feels magical. Like each cafe feels like it's special and it's, you know, a great experience. And so, um, it depends on what you want for your company is how I start answering that question. Do you just want to have one location and you're just going to work that location and you're going to crush it. And then I would say, yeah, the owner, the owner can sort of be the key leader. Um, and is, is there for the owner, are they like looking to start a coffee shop and sell it one day for like, you know, a million or less than that, you know, after, 50. after a while, after 10 years, are they looking to sell it, you know? And so can't you can't go too hard on those sort of questions from the beginning because people are like, I don't freaking know. Like I'm just trying to take the next step. And so it's always a balance for me between how much can we zoom out here what are the things that we're more or less sure sure of and how does that affect the decision versus like the most important thing you can do is to take the next step and to not be paralyzed and be overwhelmed. Um, and so, uh, it, yeah, that's kind of how I start to answer it. Um, but like, why don't we talk about just like a few different philosophies to filling out your schedule. Ethan, you've done the schedule ever since we've opened. Um, and you've been the most hands-on with that, dealt with the highs and lows of different structures of teams, and um, mm-hmm. maybe maybe just say how has it worked for us?
2: Sure. Uh, yeah, as far as the schedule goes, um, we it depends on what your hours are. I I guess you can come at it from a few different angles, but. Um, Getting all your like constant variables or constants and variables on the table and figure out like what's your priorities um, is huge. But that aside, what we go for is like a set schedule where instead of like we have a bunch of people that want to work at Valor, we have all their availability. And then every two weeks I plug in, and just, like, go through and, like, make a schedule. We have more of, like, a a template that we operate from. People put in their time-off requests ahead of time. And so we're about... Well, it's about to be July. In the middle of July, I'll be putting out August, the whole month of August schedule. So people have until two weeks before the new month starts is when they would put in their time-off requests. Yeah, And then... I'll see all that, and I'll plug in everybody and plug in all the covers uh, accordingly. So that's how just overall the schedule works. For us, we have five people at work every day, two openers, two closers, and a mid. Um, and I was just going to say based on a coffee shop. Based on what you offer, based on how long you're open, that's all going to be super different. Um a huge line in the sand that we drew that we've talked about before is that no, no man or woman shall work alone. So we always have two people, two openers, two closers. You could probably save a little bit of money if you had one person, but since we put such a uh, high stance on culture, um, we've worked alone a lot in our years, and that was just something that we knew, that you can't really carry a strong culture by yourself. It's a, it's a communal thing mm. um so there's that and then as far as employment when we first were opening the cafe we're like we want people who want to be here for a long time duh everybody most people probably want that right out of the gate but we really wanted like career oriented like hey you're not planning on leaving in six months like this could be something that you want to stick with for a while and so we we hired two very full-time, Fellas, and then um, we were able to pick up a part-time mom right out of the gate as well, who was living in the area and, and committed. And we—I don't know about you guys. I mean, I know I worked full-time on bar for years, but do you remember how many, how
1: how hot you started? I think I started at like four, four, four days a week. Three,
0: three for me. Um, when the cafe opened five four three
2: and so that's already some vision because i'm in the cafe they're like i'm just going to be here because this is like the only thing i'm worrying about is the cafe so i'm going to work it and try to set the culture and set the atmosphere and ross was definitely like next in line for that where he was helping with the this project but already had his eyes turned towards other things because we were roasting by that time and so wanted to start moving into, like, the partnerships realm and uh, helping Riley with roasting, I think, was another big thing. And then Riley was kind of almost single-manning, but Ross was helping him while helping me doing all the roasting. And then Riley... I mean,
0: really, that was largely it. <laughs> it was just, like, two days a
1: week we were roasting, right? Yeah, and the other days we just worked on bar.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, roasting and working on bar, and then somehow you would... Bookkeep keep um But... So with that vision for us in mind already, which was great to have of, like, who's staying, who's trying to move on to something else, we kind of lined that up. Um, and one thing we found is we kept, after that, we were hiring people and putting them at their max capacity every time on the schedule, like if someone left or we were getting busier and we were like, okay, we need four, someone to work four shifts we would hire someone who could work four shifts and like had things that they couldn't do the other three days, for example. Or we would hire a full-timer, and we would very rarely schedule people more than five days. Even though it's very common in the food service coffee world, that was just another kind of line in the sand that we were trying to do to uh, maintain... What's that called? Sustainability. uh, Sustainability, uh, team care...
0: I mean, and to be clear, a lot of people want that. They want all those hours and the, yeah. the money from it. But mm-hmm. we just don't. That's not the Valor vibe. Yeah, not
2: the Valor vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that model of, like, plugging in exactly what you need is great when everything's going perfect. But anytime someone wants to take a vacation, someone is sick, Someone slept through, someone had to go out of town unexpectedly. There's, like, no catch-all, no cover besides us three. And as we were talking about, like, we were already putting ourselves at kind of our max capacity. Um, And so for years, and even sometimes now, I would be the one to stretch and do more like six, seven days uh, on bar. And So that's a challenge, but something that we found recently is trying to find some people that we can plug into the schedule with some margin in their lives for like, hey, I can be on the, on the schedule, like hardcore set schedule three days a week, but I can pick up stuff when need be. Yep. Um, and I think having a few of those people uh, are, are highly, highly valued. Um, I don't think we thought about that or considered that too often because of the thing I said earlier about like we were looking for really high commit people because sometimes the people that are a little more like floaty with the availability and schedule are just in town for six months before they go do something else yeah Um, or they're like thinking about moving somewhere else so you don't have them for such a long time but uh, they really do with the schedule and alleviate stress. Cause nobody, nobody wants to be the one to like put a burden on the team. But when we're talking about sustainability and guest care and or team care, like you want your team to go on a vacation. You want your yeah. team to like wake up and not feel well and be like, I probably shouldn't go into work today mm. instead of being like me on the phone with them. Like, are you sure you're sick? <laughs> like, yeah. Are you looking at the thermometer? Right. Not that I, I don't think I did anything like that, but, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of schedule philosophy. Um, another thing, we chose our hours intentionally to 7 to 5 just because there's we people can work in, like, 6 or 8-hour chunks without, um, like, having to get a whole new lineup of people to work the evening as well. Um, some people think that they're going to make more money if they stay open longer, and maybe that's true, but your costs do go up if you have to, like have seven different people come in and work at your coffee shop yeah. or in a really unhealthy state. Like you're just like, Oh, I'm just going to have one person open and close it. Like I'm going to work seven to seven today. And right. we, we've done that before on the cart. And that was uh lay miserab, you know what I
1: mean? Miserable. Even, and as the owner, it was miserable. Yeah. Like it's it, an owner is going to be way more willing to sacrifice something like that for the most part. Um, but if you're an employee and doing that enough, it's it can, it can wear on you.
2: Yeah. So in short, for us, we have three owners, but the one who was going to be in charge of the cafe worked a lot when it started because we knew that was a good thing and that was where I was supposed to be. But we intended for uh, Ross and Riley to move off the bar so we didn't load them up with shifts to start. So I think an owner can find themselves on that spectrum of us three. Like we're almost like three different philosophies in one. Um, So if it's like you're starting a coffee shop and maybe you just really, you want it to be a self-sustaining thing, you're just going to have to pay someone more money to like run it for you. Um, But I would recommend any owner who wants to be like remotely involved should be working on bar for the first few months in a pretty hands-on in way
0: well we're even going to do that with like dunwoody you know yeah um and our cart that we're building out like it's going to be owners to start because we need to you know set the pace and get in there i'm not not saying there's other people who can't diagnose issues and whatnot but
2: it's it's almost for their benefit that we're doing first
0: for sure like we we we're able to step in and kind of from our uh stance of just honestly industry experience um take a look at the systems and whatnot and see where things can improve see where things are good and kind of make pivots before we really hand it off and that was the entire point of growing slow at 44 milton
1: Mm -hmm. one of the things i remember uh like getting revelation on early on in 44 Milton was how as we were trying to hire people and we were sourcing you know all these different applications and resumes and cover letters all that uh i'm like the question i kept asking is like what what stage of life are these people in where do they live and like there's not like a super pretty way to say this but like do they need this job totally like do they is this the kind of job where they are paying their bills with this job? Or do they live with their parents? Do they have a spouse that brings in enough money to where they don't have to, you know, grind every week? Mm -hmm. Um, Or does their paycheck need to be, like, the same every... Are they living paycheck to paycheck is pretty much what it is. Like, Or, you know, they're putting away savings. That's not the best way to say it. But anyways, um, because uh, we... We're in Alpharetta. There's not uh, there. There's usually more or less a certain demographic and stage of life kind of person that works in a coffee shop. They're usually younger. They might be in college. They might just you know be trying to figure out what's next for them. Mm-hmm. Some uh, a minority of them want a career in the coffee industry. At least for us, mm-hmm. um, and so looking at that type of person and being like, okay, where do we usually find that person? There weren't a lot of those people in Alpharetta, no, because there's not a, there's not a college, there's not like a big college. We're not a college town in Alpharetta. Um, we're in a very affluent area, so it's pretty hard for, uh, you know, some a twenty three year old. Dude, who's just you know trying to make it in the coffee industry, he's not just going to move to Alpharetta and be able to pay for his, yeah, pay for his uh, you know, $2,400 a month rent at his town home. It's like it doesn't that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So, you either need like three roommates or uh, you need a uh, a leadership position in the cafe with a salary, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of hard to find the right people because we didn't just have like a college campus nearby or a great like talent pool. Um, So it kind of, a lot of it just came from like personal connections. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I know like the first three, the first three people we hired, one of them, I just know, you know, I've known him for years and years. The other one, he was a, a server at a restaurant that we frequented at the time mm-hmm. and the other one just came into the cafe and sh- she had no intention of working for us but we it just came
0: into the cart
1: yeah into <laughs> the cart yeah she would you know come and work on her other job at the at the cart and we just hit it off and we're like, would you ever think about working here and you know it's <laughs> like that kind of conversation so we've had to get uh, creative with how we reach out to people and how we source people for our, like for candidates not even to hire, but just to interview. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we've tried the good old, like, yeah, oh, let's fire up another Instagram post, another we're hiring, you know, and that does work. And we have high, we'll never stop doing that. Like that is probably the main way that, and putting a poster up in the cafe, um, but anyways, we were talking about cafes opening in suburbs. But that—that's a, that's a huge question. How many people do I need to hire? I really, really want the team to be great. Like, I, I really care about people. I don't want to be, like, one of those coffee shops that doesn't care about their people. All that desire is there. But we're kind of able to help them put some bones around their vision. And, like, um, not that we're, like, Commandeering and like telling them what to do, but we're just sharing our experience. Uh, that's a really fun thing.
2: Yeah, the one ca- caveat I
1: was going to offer to the whole like
2: I was over the cafe so I was going to work five days. It makes it a little hard for wiggle room as far as cafe operations and uh, training because training was was and is pretty exhausting when you're also having to perform the task, but if you're able to have a full staff running and you have you and the trainee on, uh, it is a lot better for all parties. Um, So if you're able to cut yourself any margin, I I probably wouldn't recommend, like if you're opening a cafe, be like, all right, well, I'm going to work every day until I need to hire someone. Yeah. Um, I don't think that we've reached the point in our hiring where we've overhired, yet. Like, anytime I think yeah. that we've... We, we, well, we,
0: ha- we always think that we do, you know? W- yeah, I think <laughs> we're
2: going to get close to the line. And we do, like, this summer, like, if nobody's out of town, which is, like, two weeks of the summer, like, some people don't have all the shifts they were wanting. But, I mean, pretty much every week someone's doing something, which is awesome that there can be... Because there's nothing quite like just always being able to say yes to someone needing or wanting to take a trip mm. i've only had to say no a handful of times and it's stinky doodoo um, and that's another reason why giving yourself margin as the owner uh, is great because if i'm working five shifts if i if i just like help someone out by covering once i'm already kind of like going up over time right um so if you're able to cut yourself any margin
1: i would recommend that one other angle to this too is um well Two, two thoughts. One is if you're starting a cafe and you're thinking like, man, I have to work every day because I can't afford to pay someone. I mean, there are times where, let's say you're in, a, in an area where there's not a lot of foot traffic, you're a destination spot, it's going to take you a while to attract people and get some income going. I mean, I can see a, a season a season meaning it has a start and an end, hopefully a defined end, like a goal. Like Mm -hmm. once we start, once we start bringing in a thousand bucks a day, you know, like it's time to bring in two employees. That way I can have one day off and, you know, just whatever, whatever the thing is. But, um, I know that we, it, there's no way we can not say that because we did that. Like, for a while,
2: yeah. Well, oh, our season was the cart. Yeah, you know, we had a year and eight months of something more or less like that, and we were really pushing the envelope in that as far as like overwork. Yeah, and honestly, like money, like we were making plenty to staff. I was thinking when we were talking about this topic, there's like low risk, high risk, or kind of like low investment, high investment. My recommendation would just to be to have like a little bit to push yourself to be a little bit more invested and a little more higher risk on staffing when opening a coffee shop. That'd be like my end-all statement Mm -hmm. about it because you want to just shoot a little higher because getting under your margin, it's just hard to get back up to the surface, I feel like. And I don't know, and you guys balk back at this, but I feel like you you kinda get the atmosphere or like the clientele that you prepare for. Like if you're just this like, oh, I gotta go skinny, I got a solo bar every day until I hit this number, you're not gonna be able to make that many drinks. Like you're not your production ceiling's lower. Mm-hmm. Your wait time's are gonna be way longer. Set that precedent right from the beginning. Yeah, because if you get a big rush on day two of being open, how many of those people are not coming back because it was a really crappy experience because you weren't able to like Yeah give them the service that they need because you're swamped making drinks and mm. taking orders. That was
0: my worst nightmare when we first opened. It's like, yeah. I mean, it still is. Since whenever I go in and there's a line off the door, I just worry about someone who is like their first experience. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, you can only do so much and great, great places often have lines out the door. Totally. But, uh, yeah, I totally feel that. Setting that precedent from the beginning and uh, if the culture and the idea of your company from the get is oh they're so slow i can't go there then Mm -hmm. you've got a world of trouble ahead of you
2: yeah the fear of telling someone that like you have to take back their shifts or that you are constantly sending someone home is very real and you want to make a smart decision as far as your your area your cafe your hours who you think will be coming in and maybe doing a season of soft launches just to see but and all I would say, air on more staff and less you working behind the bar, but you just being able to be a, a figure, more or less.
1: And we've always been really big on the bookkeeping side of it, and like the percentages of a viable cafe. Like I'm, I'm thinking of a a spreadsheet that you cooked up, Big T. Uh, it's called a cafe viability spreadsheet, isn't it? And uh, it, 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 guilty. It, it's guilty. It's just that it tells you: is your cafe viable? Is it vibable? Mm, palpable.
0: We we need a cafe vibable <laughs> spreadsheet. Yeah. And it's just like: what kind of music should you play? Yes, like Tame there's, Impala. There's
1: an algorithm. Yeah, it's Frank like mad, mad Libs. Um, but anyways, you're we're. I mean, I, I don't know if this is universal, but we've always shot for like: let's have labor, you know, like 30, 33%. percent. We've never met it. Just just full transparency. Yeah, always, always above. Always above it because we're growing, guys.
0: Well, we're growing, and you know, talking about all this, it's it's so justifiable that people are so reluctant with labor because you look at those numbers and it's your biggest cost, like flat out. Even if you remove owners out of the equation, it's it it's the the number gets really scary. Like how much comes out in payroll every pay period. Mm. but it's also like your people and we talk about this constantly the thing that makes valor valor is our people and the hardest part about valor and the most fulfilling part about valor is the people um so it's i don't preach you know you you have <laughs> you have something pulling on you from one side but you have something so much more which is the fulfilling side pulling on you from the other side yeah yeah so it's worth the investment
1: yeah so yeah, I mean, think about it. You've got let's say we're at I don't know what percentage we're at. would say we're at forty. Is that crazy?
0: I I mean, I, I it just shows how terrible I am at my job. That I I don't know off the top of my head.
2: Uh, sure. Yeah.
0: Well, you. Oh wait, I'll edit that part out. Yeah. Yep. I think <laughs> I think thirty nine and a half. Thirty nine point seven five. Yeah.
1: Whoa. Um. Anyways, I mean, you you figure it out. You calculate all of that sometimes. Like it's not like and I mean
0: it's it's different month month
1: to month. Yeah, you know. It, there's not a ton of upside to figuring it out at all moments.
0: I mean I, I mean, for one, I just don't have the time. Yeah. But I mean, some people pay a bookkeeper, which we I'm sure we'll eventually do. And right. I'll probably get those reports. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
1: Anyways, so um oh, where was I going with that?
2: I'm sorry. Oh no, it's cool. Were you talking about getting labor
1: down? Oh no, I was just saying. We um, just
0: we think about it in terms of percentages. Yeah. It's what you
1: your your thought? Let's, you've got let, let's for round numbers. Let's say you bring in two thousand on a Wednesday, and forty percent of that went to labor costs, and then you know you're you've got sixty percent of two thousand to play with after labor. You've got your cost of goods, which we also... The, the, old, the old classic, right, is like we want a third to be labor. We want a third to be cost of goods. Now, if you hit those, that, that's a different story. And then you want your, your overhead and your rent, specifically your rent, to be in the like 6% range. Is that fair?
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the easy way to look at it is third, third cost of goods, third labor, and then the remaining 33%, half of it should be operating costs and marketing. So rent, et cetera. And then the A- other... AC units. The other half should be... Uh, Net profit. Profit, yeah. yeah. I mean, fi- people say 15% profit, so that, w- that would leave, what, 15% and 20... No, sorry, 15 and... 15% 18. to profit and 18% yeah. to um, the other stuff. But anyways...
1: Right. So, the, I mean, we're talking about the question of, like, how do I know how many people to hire? How many hours do I give them? There's, there's some rough percentages for you. Like, let's try to hit those. If you're hitting those percentages, like, it's always a balance between when you're asking the question, how many people do I hire, how much do I pay them, and how much do I work them? It's like you're looking at the numbers and figuring out, okay, what percentage of my gross revenue is my labor cost? Hopefully around 33, maybe 40 if you're feeling saucy. Um, And then the other side of it is like, is all of the stuff getting done by those people, right? Like, And if it's not, then you have a problem. If you have a high labor cost and your experience is not good, or there's just or you're just too busy, like I mean that kind of sounds a little familiar at times, where we've had a high labor cost, and we're too busy, like we don't have enough people to handle the volume it's like okay, then you have a broken system mm-hmm. and then your job becomes let 's fix the system so it 's more efficient you're doing more with less mm. um and that that has been. Probably the biggest source, uh, if, if we were to have a pie chart of the things the three of us have talked about, about the cafe, that's a huge part of it, is like, how can we make the system more efficient to where we can put out more with less? That's mm-hmm. always the the question. And so then you're getting into investments with equipment. You're getting into some sort of incalculable incal- uh Like, sort of labor cost by you spending time thinking about systems. These are the things I think about. It doesn't really matter, (laughs) but you know, like we spend our whole owners' meeting talking about how do we make the cafe better, how do we make the the system better, how do we make our ticket times go down, Mm -hmm. how how do we do that? You know, and we could have been spending that time talking about. Marketing for the roastery. It's like you you do make these choices by your priorities, and that's why it's so important in your leadership team to have those aligned priorities because you'll budget your time and energy and money according to those priorities.
0: Dude, a parallel to that is the whole idea that 20% of uh, a lot is a lot better than 100% of a little. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when for for example if you have your cafe and you're trying to hit this certain you know say you're trying to hit 33% but if you stretch to 40% you would be able to hire a roaster and start roasting coffee right yeah so you're hitting that 40% mark first of all you're going to make more money and then it's going to hopefully shrink back down to 33% yeah. but even if it didn't you're bringing in so much more or say okay you were at 33% you hire a roaster if you, weren't roasted, if you hired a roaster and you weren't bringing in roasting income, that would have take, taken you to 50% uh, labor. But then you start roasting, it brings you down to 40%. Yeah. But you're bringing in a lot more money, so your net profit is smaller, but it's of a bigger chunk of money. So either you're netting out to the same profit or you're even bringing in a little bit more. But you're able to hire someone, give them a job, uh, have more people within your company. It just makes everything so much better.
1: Right, higher ceiling. Yeah. And that's that's always been, again, the, the benefit of having business partners. It's not for everyone. But for us, there's been a balance between you've always been more like... We've changed over the years, but earlier on, you were always more like skinny, sweated out. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep costs low and do this thing. There's so many great things about that. You've been more like let's i remember we used to call it like the cart before the the horse season where still we in it. we're still we're still <laughs> in it the, welcome the season where you just transparently i mean you invest thousands into a podcast studio before you've yet to see a dollar from it yeah and like a, a tangible dollar a tangible dollar you know there's we're we're getting income we're not getting any income from this podcast like from apple podcasts or like, yet. a we don't, you know, we don't have a, a sponsor sponsor yet, um, but there's an like a an intangible benefit to the company, and so that's been more of your philosophy, and then I just help you guys argue. I don't know. Um, I'm like, let's just get an
2: iPhone. We all have. Yeah, iPhones. Vo- have you ever
1: heard of a voice memo? Like, <laughs> just put it on this freaking table. Um, but you you guys have pushed and pulled, mm-hmm. you know, in those different directions, and. The diamond is refined under the pressure of that, you know.
0: And it's it's fine. I mean, I don't get invited to play basketball anymore. <laughs> but yeah.
1: it's the, after that podcast's done. You.
2: Probably, I think I think the funniest story that around that for me was when we were on the foldable table with the our espresso machine stuff, and you guys, well, you were like, we gotta build a cart. It's gonna cost like a thousand dollars, and I was like. No, this table works great. What are you talking about? Look at this thing. Yeah, it was like table, but then, oh, it's because we also needed a trailer. I was like, that's too much, It's too much. We can't do that. But the reality was we would never be able to scale to what we were able to do with that. And then once we got it and started doing events, I was like, oh, yeah, this is way better. Yeah,
1: it had to go into debt to do it. Yeah. You know, like maybe the the hyper-conservative the wait. Dave Ramsey and me was like, yeah, let's wait. What's until, in the envelope? What right. you got in the envelope? <laughs> pay everything with cash, and there's nothing in the envelope. <laughs> it
2: just says, give us more money.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. You're more like do more with less until you have cash, and then you've always been like low interest debt in order to like raise our ceiling so that we can pay off the debt. Before you need the both. Can- yeah,
0: you definitely need both because if it was if it was just me. I would have tanked the company in debt at this point.
1: Can I get that? on recording. Oh wait.
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna edit that part out. I'm gonna replay that but over and over. That in, yeah. This we struck gold. This is good. Yeah, I, I don't. We're I mean, really good at this. We we had we had two more right. Mm-hmm. What we do we at? do? We do we want to save those for save one of those for next week? Really do a
2: little little break a little break series out? A little series. Sure, sounds great. A campaign. Yeah, we're yeah. campaigning on coffee shop questions. Love it. This has been fun. CSQs. Uh, Let's give some shout-outs.
0: You guys got any shout-outs for
1: anyone? I got one. I want to shout-out my good friend and cohort, Sam Smith. Mm. Today we are celebrating his uh, year anniversary with the company. And uh, after the program, we're going to be getting into the tesla
0: why you gotta snipe me like that dude
1: uh they didn't know that you owned it i just said get into the tesla but you said that a tesla Um, we're gonna get into a tesla sam wanted to rent a tesla for the day that's that was his his gift we're just gonna ride around the mountains
2: and hey quick plug for that i if you are listening to this and you own something treat your people that stick around and treat everybody but Honor, honor the moments, honor the anniversaries, honor the birthdays. Yeah, These people are precious, and they are the backbone of your company. So go buy them a burger or something for crying out loud. Yeah.
1: I mean, talk about like a – just to put it in old man business terms, like we're going to spend money today on Sam, and <laughs> that money is going to go in some sort of categorization that you have on your QuickBooks I don't know. What personnel it, expense. Personnel expense. Yeah. I thought
2: he was just going to pay us back. <laughs>
1: yeah, we're going to make Sam pay for everything. We'll do separate checks. Separate checks. Uh, no,
0: it's, it's like a you got this one, you got this one, I yeah. got this one yeah. kind of deal. Done. Right.
1: So you got this one. Yeah, I'll take bowling. Um, anyways, so Touch huge you. shout out to Sam. He's been with us for a year. Mm. Such a bright guy. Like, yeah. it's, uh, it, it's so simple. That's so like menial, but I love being able to look at him and be like, What's 33 times 129? And he'll be like, Answer. <laughs> no, he's like, Well, what's half of 33? And he like kind of does it that way. But I just, it just, he's I, like
0: a common core kind of guy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I barely get that, but I kind of do. Yeah. Um, so I, I just love him. He's a brother. He's awesome. And I'm excited to celebrate him today and just, spend time together
0: Mm. thank you for making our company better sam
1: thank you sam
2: how about you ethan quickly i'll say that sam someone told me who listens to most of the podcast that their episode with sam was their favorite one wow Wow. i really appreciated diving in on coffee i love it and i was like well did you listen to the one where me and riley talked about coffee they're like shut up more (laughs) sam less you guys i'm just kidding um Dude, I got to shout out my dad. Oh, I always talk about Colson. My dad was like, Dude, I listen to your podcast
1: too. Like, oh <laughs> my God. Like, awesome. Sorry, Randy. Sorry for putting you in the doghouse, yeah. Randy. Wow.
2: Dad, love you. Thanks for listening. Smash the like button.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'll see you in the comments section on the YouTube <laughs> page. <laughs> oh, I, I sorry. I have one more shout out just on the subject of employees, non owners in our media. Um, REL, oh yeah, doing that video, that was awesome oh yeah, of the uh, Honduran, the oh, natural yeah. Honduran, um, it was so cool. I I was on vacation. Did you cry? No, what? I was I on cried. vacation. Uh, like I do being mm-hmm. an owner and all. Mm-hmm. Right, boys. Oh yeah, PTO, my tie. Um, and I just see you know on like Rachel's Instagram feed like REL doing a pour over and I was like, man, I'm so proud. Like I would so much, it's great that, that like us as owners get to do this, but it's, it, people ask me like when I work on bar, what's your favorite thing about working at valor? And I always, or like owning valor. And I always tell them that it's when our employees do something like probably better than we would have done it. Like every time I work on bar, I feel like I'm out of my league. Hmm. Like, I'm like, you guys have taken this thing so much farther than I left it. Wow. And it's like watching her crush it on that video. It's like, that's what makes me, that's my favorite thing about Valor. I'm going to start crying. Dude, you got to,
2: we got to stop. I'm dead.
1: Shout out, Riley. Yo, yeah, oh yeah.
2: The videos, man. You're the man behind the camera. Hey. They're, they're looking yeah. fine.
1: Yeah. Stop. You're, you do things with excellence, buddy. S- stop. Stop. Okay. I'll and stop. you look amazing today. Oh, thank
2: you so much. I only have like two nice shirts. I feel and like And your shirt kind of matches the wall, no offense. What? I can't you wear can the shirt
1: anymore. Yeah, you can tell you chose the colors. Well,
0: I'm going to do like a green screen thing where oh. m- the wall and myself are both cheetah print.
1: You're in like Bali yeah. or something.
0: And you can see through me in Bali. Wow. Yes. Uh my shout out goes to you you know you we you've heard you've heard us talk about him several weeks. Elias at Tetherball.
1: Yes, they're
0: up and running. They've been going, going at it for a while. If you are
1: in the
0: Greater Florida area,
1: yeah, scratch Jacksonville. Yeah, how about the Southeast? Get huh.
0: in your car, get on your bike. We'll wait. Get in. Get on your boosted board. Hello, <laughs> and get over get on your to one wheel. Jacksonville, Florida, in Mandarin. Yeah, you heard of this? It's I think the neighborhood, the the area is called okay. Mandarin.
2: Okay, that's awesome.
0: Uh, and go to Tetherball and get some valor at Tetherball and be treated to a great time. I've just seen from Instagram that they just really do so much to make their guests feel comfortable at their place. Aww. Yeah, and that just that's just awesome.
1: So, just a little excerpt from their website. Uh, welcome to Tetherball. First of all, their branding is really, really awesome. I love their colors and their fonts and all that. A small sunlit coffee spot in Mandarin, a neighborhood of Jacksonville, Florida, USA. <laughs> we do coffee to give people energy. We have fun because we care. We want to uplift people and tackle anything and everything. And he, when I was first talking to him, he was talking about, like, why the name Tetherball, which I just think is the coolest name. hmm it. I love. I was telling this yesterday to a, a coffee shop that's opening in Dallas, Georgia, called Good Stuff. Um, I love names that like just signify and carry what they want their brand to feel like, mm-hmm. and like Tetherball is like you, you know you hit the ball and it comes back to you. Maybe someone else hits it or like it's like. I forget the the saying that they say, but it's like hit it back or get like, up and hit it back. Get up and hit it back. Yeah, it's just it's a brand, man, and mm-hmm. it's it's more than a brand to sell. It's like a it's a brand that aligns with what Elias is all about. Yeah. So, Shout out to you, cool.
0: Elias. I'll see you in a couple weeks. One more, JP and Meadowlark. Oh they, yeah, they have a space. A friend of the in program. Gainesville that they're building out. Congrats, huge. JP and JP. Summer and, and Larkin. Larkin. Hello, yeah. Uh, we're so excited for that. That's I I memorable. go to Gainesville for nothing,
2: but I will go to Gainesville for that. Hey, see you in Gainesville, yeah. Not Florida, guys. Yeah, yeah. Gainesville, Gainesville Georgia.
0: Georgia, Hall County.
2: We're Hall talking County. Hall County. Wow. Yeah. Huge congrats, JP. Love you. All right, boys.
0: It's been fun. Love it's you. Love, Love you. you.